Hey friends, as it gets colder and turns into fall, I'm wondering how many of you are already looking forward to all of that extra and additional time inside the house with your kiddos. And by saying that, I really am kind of joking because when we can't let the kids get outside to burn off energy. It seems like that times of frustration and overwhelm just sort of overlap. And then with that comes feelings of failure. So today we're going to just take a quick look at discipline. Part one and part two. Part one is what's the biblical reasoning for discipline? Is there such a thing? Because I don't think that's taught a lot anymore. So the word discipline gets a bad rap and it gets um, has terrible connotations of being beaten with a whip and or with a cane rod and stood in a corner and all types of deprivation. And that's not what we're talking about. We are going to look at biblical discipline and the types of parenting styles that you can have as you discipline your children in the way they should go. Can I just ask you please, if you have not taken a minute to send me a DM to tell me if this show is impacting your life, if you're learning anything, really that's the only way that I ever know that is if you leave a comment, leave a review, or just give me a DM to say keep up the good work, or I hate it, or (laughs) I really wish you would speak on this. So that is my plea for you today. If you have just a hot minute, over on Instagram, it's Kathy Lanham, Kathy with a K L A N as in Nancy, H A M as in Mary. Just hit me up with a DM and ask me your questions, leave me your comment, and I would love, love, love to be able to connect with you in that way. So grab a pen because you might want to take a few notes on discipline. Hey, friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee, and let's get started. As we get started today, I said that we were going to be doing this in two parts, and what I'd like to do is is take you to just some places, some passages in the Bible, in Scripture, where we learn about discipline, because we don't really have it taught in churches, I don't think, very much anymore, because we all want to be touchy-feely, we all want to be positive, we all want to have the best self-esteem. We are so out of touch with who we are ourselves and finding our own voice that then the question is, how do we do that differently with our kids? How do I inspire greatness within my children? How do we build self-confidence? Does the Bible actually teach us? Does the Bible actually have instruction for us? Does it teach us in the Word that we are to discipline our children? Well, obviously, I think it does because I'm doing a podcast on it this very day. So what should we do? If we turn to Proverbs 22.6, that's one that's oft repeated. That's a verse that we probably know and you've probably memorized. Raise a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Another one that may have been mentioned to you over and over again, or 
yelled at you or repeated to you is Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Or Hebrews 12, 1-11. What a great passage that is, and that's one that we're going to break down a little bit. But in Hebrews 12, we're told we're to consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet yet resisted to the point of shedding blood? And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you because you're a son? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as a son. For what son is there that the father does not discipline? And if you're left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you're illegitimate and you're not really a son. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to him. That's us as parents. But God disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And then Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent the Lord's rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father disciplines the son he delights in. So these are just a couple. There's lots, lots more, but that's just a couple I wanted to throw out in consideration of discipline and should we actually actively be engaged in discipline and I do believe that that answer is yes because discipline has become a dirty word when it should not be it means that we are training our kids to have self-control to be in a position where they can make the best and most wise decisions where they understand their boundaries they understand the consequences of the boundaries and then they don't chafe under that it's very clearly understood I'll give you a personal example. In my case, I know it is against the law to speed. I can be doing 80 down the highway and I see the blue lights behind me. What do I have to do? Pull over and hand over my license. And why is that? Because the consequence for speeding down the road is that you get a ticket. That's how that works. It's the process. Now, I can fight it. I can go to court. But really, it's just the consequence of breaking the boundary. I knew what it was. I took the risk. Oops. I got caught. I had to pay the consequence. That's like our children. We draw the line in the sand and they want to stick that toe over. Not just a little bit, but a lot. If you have the blessing of strong-willed children, then you draw the line and they're going to jump over it. So then you have to be prepared. You have to be ready. You have to know what it is you're going to do and then you have to stick with that. You have to have consistency. You have to have firmness and you also have to have lots of love. But to not discipline is not to love. If we don't discipline, we're not showing our kids love and we're not doing them favors. Now, there are four types of parenting styles that you can have. And it's important to understand where you are now because you may be contributing to your own problem, especially because our society has made discipline such a dirty word. And when we don't teach it in churches and we aren't clear on how we are to go about it, then I think that just makes it more difficult. So let's look at the four and then we'll talk about each one. So here's where you may want to take some notes and try to see where you are. And don't think that you'll be in just one part or the other because you're probably a little mixture of all four. But typically there is one style that we want to lean toward and to um, be 
more in that quadrant, more in that area. So the four types are permissive, authoritative, neglectful, and authoritarian. So permissive, and then number two will be neglectful. I said authoritative before, but I'll put the two A's together so it's easier. Permissive, neglectful, authoritative, and authoritarian. Those permissive parents, they will come into the store and these are the folks that I see practicing some laziness, practicing shame. They are very fearful folks. They don't want to make their kids mad. They don't want to be embarrassed in public. They just let things go and they make excuses for the bad behavior. They take the path of least resistance and they're a little bit lazy when it comes to their own self-control or taking the actions necessary to make sure that their children are disciplined. So those permissive parents, they're real high in love, but they're low in discipline. And those parents are the ones I see the most. The permissive parents, they are the ones that produce kids with very little self-esteem and feelings of inferiority. Now the parents are showing a lot of love, but because they don't have any boundaries for their children, the kids are left with high levels of insecurity and anxiety. They may feel loved, but they're never sure of where their limits are. The parents, generally, you feel afraid of messing up and so they don't want to damage their child or mess up their little kid's psyche, so they never set firm boundaries. The kids feel loved, but they're very unsure of themselves. The second is neglectful parents. Now, neglectful parents have their own agenda and are too busy to be bothered with what their children are doing. Or the flip side of that, a different side of that is, or these are the parents that can have issues that are keeping them from being able to love their children well. They have forsaken their role, if you will. The neglectful parent is probably the worst of the four styles because the neglectful parent doesn't really express a whole lot of love and doesn't care enough to discipline. Now that could be because of all of the stuff, all of the junk, all of the baggage they have in their own lives going on. Maybe it's that they're consumed with a career or they're consumed with their own self, their own chaos, their own problem. There's just a lot going on. Maybe they have their own addiction that they're dealing with or an abusive situation. So those neglectful parents don't have a lot. They, they don't express a lot of love and they don't have a long... And they aren't working on building a lasting relationship. They don't purposely want to neglect their kids, but they don't know how to deal with all the stuff they have going on themselves, and they don't have what they need to be a healthy parent. Now, these children grow up with deep emotional scars, and they're the ones that have the most beautiful testimonies when they find Jesus when they're surrounded by godly role models and they get good counseling. So that would be the neglectful parent. Now number three is the authoritarian parent. I see this a lot by folks who are come in and they're forcing behavior, their their discipline is maybe harsh and, and over overreach, overkill, reactive. They don't express a lot of love and affection, but they're very high on discipline. And unfortunately, this is probably where I found most of my days because <laughs> I was just all about the rules. But they raise children who 
then want to rebel. Now, fortunately, that was not the outcome. So maybe I, I erred more in the side of the authoritative parents. But these are the kids where the bar is always high and there's always a lot of must. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. There's a strong sense of, of safety, but these parents have to win every battle, not just the war, every battle. Your communication can be arguing and fighting, especially when they get older, old enough to fight back. When in the Bible, Paul tells the, the Ephesians not to exasperate their children. Fathers, don't exasperate your children, your sons. Don't be so harsh on them that they can't express themselves and be the people that God made them to be. This would be those parents who lock their kids out of the house when they're cleaning rather than letting them come in or locking them in the bedroom to stay in at night or putting them in their car seat and making them stay buckled in for extended periods of time or the stroller. There are normal times when you do that, of course, but to rely on that as your discipline to make sure that your goal is met, that puts you in the authoritarian parent role. And then there is the authoritative parent. Now, the authoritative parent, that's going to be the best combination of both love and discipline. You're not overbearing, making children be in your mold, but you're compassionate and firm. Compassionate, but firm. So you have boundaries that are set for your children. They're clear and they're loving. There are consequences to behaviors and results, and everyone knows who the boss is, okay? But there is a link of love between those two. These kids tend to be the ones that are high in self-esteem and they have good coping skills. And there's a, there's things that we do that falls in each one of these, like those that, that threaten and coerce all the time. They're going to let somebody else deal with it. That's going to kind of go up there into the not the neglectful parent, but the permissive parent. You just wait until you get in school. Your, your teachers aren't going to let you do that. Or you count one, two... Three, that's more on the permissive side. You don't have a clear boundary of when you speak, it should be obeyed. And then you have set up this system where your voice raises in intensity and anger. And you know, don't make me get to three. Well, you shouldn't have started that countdown process in the first place. It's a clear boundary and a clear consequence. Another is when we're buying and coercing behavior rather than making it very clear. Like every doctor's appointment, these kids know that they're going to get a toy. Every time they go to the dentist, then they're going to get some treat or movie or reward. So we're coercing behavior rather than expecting behavior. We're, we're buying our kids off. We're bribing. There are there are times when that's appropriate, but not every time. You don't get a prize every time you go into a store. It's just not, that's not normal. We don't, and if it is, if we set that expectation up, then we're going to have divas, men and women, boys and girls, young, we're going to have young men and women who are expecting to be waited on and rewarded for breathing. And that's not how life works. And that also, if you look at your own marriage or the marriages of your friends, that leads to problems down the road when there's no self-control and there's no limits placed on what they can and cannot have or can and cannot do. When they are treated like a prince or a princess all the time, that kind of becomes impossible for a peer that they're dating to keep up with. So just, just some things for down the road. But when you're threatening, oh, you just wait till you get 
go to school. Your teachers won't let you do that. Oh, you just wait till your dad gets home. Oh, when your mom finds out what you did? Mm. So we don't want to be neglectful like that. We don't want to be threatening and always letting somebody else deal with it. That breeds in shame, and that's not what we want to be about either. Okay, so how do you deal with this? So if if you're sometimes we are permissive, sometimes we're neglectful, sometimes we're authoritarian, sometimes we're authoritative, and there are times that one of these comes into play. But we want our kids to feel loved, but we also want them to be self-controlled. We also want them to have discipline for themselves. And to do that takes a lot of work. It takes knowing what the Bible says about parenting. It takes us being willing to put forth the effort and to put in the work to do that. You have to have the humility. You have to release your pride. And you have to have the humility, particularly if you're in a public place, to hold your ground. To explain without shame why it is that this child cannot have that. And then when they turn on the waterworks, they pitch a fit, they pitch a tantrum, calmly completing your business. And sometimes it requires carrying them physically out of the store. Not only do you have to be willing to swallow your pride and have humility, but you also do want to have very clear, firm boundaries where you're setting up discipline that has appropriate consequences for behavior. This is imperative when we're talking of things that are life-threatening or could be very painful to the child. Simple things. Don't touch a, like don't touch a hot stove. Absolutely appropriate to give a pop on a hand when they're going to reach up and pull a, a pot of boiling water off of their hand or they're going to play with a stove or get too close to the fire or run out of the store in rebellion into the road where they can be killed. Those are the times that that is absolutely appropriate for a very firm consequence because you want them to know that that is not acceptable because it would hurt them. On the other side as well, when they are doing hurtful behavior, bullying other children, beating on them, taking their toys away, um, when they're having deliberate rebellion, leaving with a stranger, talking to strangers, running away from you in a store, running in an establishment where there are older people, church, a store, or where there are people working, as in a restaurant. Last week, we were um, eating dinner, and these two children, not just one, but two, were being allowed to play chase in and out of the tables. Not only was it disrespectful to every other diner there, twice servers almost dropped entire trays of food because these kids were running around uncontrolled and undisciplined, and the parents didn't seem to even notice what they were doing. And if they did, they were certainly being neglectful because the kids were not corrected, nor were they stopped until a waiter did take the situation under control. And he knelt down and very kindly told them that they needed to go find their seats because they were going to trip him up and then he was going to drop all of his food and he couldn't do that because then he would get fired. So how do you do that? How do you expect, how do you make boundaries? How do you, how do, you do that? Well, first of all, it's important, I think, to establish eye contact to make sure that your children are looking at you. <laughs> my phrase used to be, and I laugh because I heard my daughter repeat this to her her children as she was correcting them. Look at me. Look at me in my eyes right now. I need you to look at me. <laughs> so you're making sure that they're listening and that they're giving you verbal assent. It's like when you're in the exit row in an airplane, the airline attendant says, I need a verbal consent from each of you? Do you realize that you're in an exit row? Do you know that you can do this? And you have to say yes and yes and yes. And they want you to look at them and give them verbal assent. So that's what we're doing with our children. We're on their level. We have eye contact. And then 
setting the expectation before you go into a store or into a situation and that the consequence is clear, then that's the discussion that you have after the fact. We're not jerking kids up and beating them. You have the clear expectation. The expectation has been broken. So then what is the consequence? And that's what you repeat. So we would say, Amber, before we got out of the car, we were not buying a toy and that there was to be no whining and crying. What did you do when we were in the store? Did you beg for toys? Yes. Did you cry? Yes. Okay, do you understand why now you cannot watch VeggieTales for 30 minutes or whatever the, the consequence would be? So you set a clear, firm expectation. You establish eye contact and then the correction is appropriate to the misbehavior. And I will tell you that on our very best days, we can still feel like failures. And on our very worst days, we're going to feel like failures because we're tired, you're overwhelmed, and life happens. And it's so much more so when you have multiple children. It's easy, 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 easy to feel like you're never going to get any of this right. And that is a lie from the pit. So let me just tell you, that's what Satan would love you to, for you to, to think and feel and be trapped with. Ask your kids for forgiveness. Be quick to ask for that forgiveness. Ask for strength from the Lord to be wise, to have discernment, to be strong enough to hold the line, to have wise decision making in making your boundaries, and then to be clear and to be fair. And then most of all, give your kids love often. Know that boundaries actually Help your kids feel loved, help them feel safe, and help them feel secure. And I hope that you will pray for wisdom and discernment, and you will zero in, you will laser focus in on how to be the best parent for your kids that God would have you to be. And you know why I know you can do that? Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that we're to raise our children up in the way that they should go. And then when we are old, they won't depart from it. And that one's from Proverbs 22.6. Hebrews were told that the Lord disciplines us because he loves us. How much more so should we discipline our children? So guys, as we close, I want to pray for you and pray for the next generation of warriors and warrioresses that you are raising. Father, thank you for the moms and the dads who will be listening to this podcast today. Father, I pray you would give them wisdom to understand what type of parent they are and how you would have them to be the best version of themselves. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them discernment. Give them peace in the journey. And Father, for those that are raising those super strong-willed kids, Lord, I pray that you would give them an extra measure of grace and patience today. Father, we pray this because we want to glorify your name. Amen. Guys, thanks so much for listening in today and go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Until next time, this is Hey guys, real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of my free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at, at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, you'll be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Hey,